Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Ranger Pod is proud to present the heavyweight Power Ranger expert of the world. That's right, you know him, you love him, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, you've missed him. It's PDT! Yes, who's back? It's me, it's it's PDT. How's the peace conference, PDT? Yeah, the peace conference, well, I mean, it's it's going really well. I mean, we're we're we've not really got round to the whole subject of North Korea yet. I mean Well they've not destroyed it half the world yet, so I think you've been doing a cracking job so far. Well thank you. I mean I'm basically not allowed to return to the podcast full time until we've achieved world peace. It's a lock in situation. You know, I've just been able to teleport here on my lunch break. That's great to hear. I'm glad that the UN has granted you access to our show again. Yeah, so should we do a Ranger pod? Let's do a Ranger pod. Let's do a Ranger pod! <laughs> this is a Ranger pod, the Power Rangers podcast that examines the morphing grid one green candle at a time. I'm Quinn. I've been given the title as expert in Power Rangers, uh, but for the next couple of episodes, I stand in the shadow of PDT. And as, of course... Uh, we are joined by Grax as always. Hi, Grax. Hello. Hey, Grax. It's good to see you back. Yeah, thanks, man. I came back specifically at the request of a Twitter user called UKMaster47, who kept going on about my ass. So that was nice. So I'm like, yeah, hey, someone wants my ass back. You do have a beautiful ass. Stupendous, I might say. I have a constant ass, my friend. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> It might have been that I am a constant ass. I, I don't know. It was one or the other. <laughs> the English was a little bit ropey, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and then I noticed that as soon as he called me that, you guys immediately followed him. So thanks for the show of solidarity, guys. Well, we want to keep make sure you're involved with the show in some fashion after during your peace conference talks. Yep. I'm sure I will be. I, I can never properly leave. So anyway, now that everything is established, we've all watched this episode of uh, Power Rangers, which happens to be episode 34, The Green Candle Part 1. Yes? Yeah! Tommy's going down! <laughs> <sighs> hey now, it's not Tommy going down, it's just going through a bit, bit of a blip. But everything is going to work out fine in the end. Sorry, he might not go down. We haven't seen Part 2 yet. Uh, I know. But the b- is going down. <laughs> oh... Uh, it first aired on November 17th, 1993, by the way. Does anyone actually care, are... PDT? I care! I care! Okay. Thank you, Grax. Yeah, I need to know... Yeah, if... let's get this Quinn guy! <laughs> <laughs> well then, PDT, who wrote this episode? It was written by Mark McCain, Stuart St. John, Uncle of Austin St. John, and Gary Glasberg. Amazing. Wow. Not even dropping a beat. And it was directed by Robert Hughes. Good old Robert. Can really see his directing shining through in this one. Well, he's no (laughs) John Stewart, is he? (laughs) Don't start. (laughs) No, we'll bring that up another time. (sighs) Okay, shall we move on to the synopsis, Grax? Yes, let's move on to the synopsis. And what exactly happens in episode 34 of Power Rangers? Before you start... Yeah. As PDT's back, I'm going to set a green candle burning and give you two minutes to deliver this synopsis. Two minutes? Two whole minutes. Ooh. <laughs> I can't do... Even I... I was never that cruel, Quinn. Two minutes was your standard, and be... and then you extended it ever so slightly. Okay. I mean, you've been a follower of the podcast since day one, and you've listened to it far more than I have, so... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Oh... Oh, okay, I'll, I'll try, but I, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. It's there's not actually that much happening. Strangely exactly. Enough. If you, if you take longer than two minutes to cover this episode, then we're done. 
I mean, the tragic thing is your time's already started. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, we're 35 seconds that? in okay, already. Okay. <laughs> right. So, Zach and Tommy are sparring at the gym and juice bar. However, Tommy's too distracted by the thought of asking Kimberly out to the dance. Meanwhile, on the moon, Rita announces that she's going to take over the world. And Goro says, yes, and with this magic green candle, we will steal the green Power Rangers power and use it as our own. Back at the juice and gym bar, Zach tries to show Tommy how to pick up chicks with no success. Bulk Skull come on, Bulk Skull come on to mock the heroes about not getting their own dates, and then send a Ranger Pod anyway, Quinn. Uh, I'm sorry, <sighs> fine, man. Okay, it's, so it's Rita begins to cast okay, a spell on the moon, so then we skip to the park with Tommy and Kimberly I mean, are walking by the lake alone. The stuff you've done. I, I... I think you're struggling to keep Grax reined in. And, and then the Tommy tries to ask Kimberly for a date, and then putties yeah. appear. Think, mm, and so they have a nice I mean, big fight. So Tommy and Kimberly are fighting the putties for a whole bunch of time. It's really, really cool and action packed. But however, Tommy gets kidnapped. Have we got to any action yet? <sighs> okay, so Tommy's been kidnapped. He's sent to the prison dimension. And this is the point where Goldar explains to everyone that look at this candle behind me. It burns down. And when it burns down, you will power. Yeah, this will candle's be gone, burning Green pretty Ranger. damn quickly, Grax. Uh, 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 <laughs> Uh, okay, so Tommy fights Goldar, but Goldar's too strong, and he glows. Me on the room, on the moon, Finster sends the shape-shipping monster in the room. The, Cyclops. the Tommy Wiseau film. Uh, back at the command center, <laughs> the heroes are trying to find Tommy, and the dragon swords start attacking the city. Oh no! Wait, hang on. It's You're tearing the me apart, Rita. <laughs> okay, so now it is morphing time at eleven minutes and twenty-two seconds because Goldar. Okay, we're um, only eleven minutes in. Goldar bites on surely. So. So Goldar binds Tommy to electric chains and fights the Power Rangers. How the city of the Power Rangers fighting ensues with the cities, which is pretty satisfied. The dragon's order stamp stomping everywhere and causing destruction. And so the heroes they summon the dinosaurs to form the megazords and they fight the dragon's orders imposter. The giant mechs are fighting for a bit. Goldar returns to the prison dimension and goes and unbinds him to nine. But Tommy grabs the sword and teleports eight, himself out of the safety. And then seven. And then he becomes a green ranger, six, summons six, the green dragon swords, and there's a three way fight between five, three titans. Four, it's fantastic. Four, three. And the episode ends two, with two, Tommy discovering, one, and the hero's one. discovering that his no, powers are fading because of the candle. Ah, oh, I almost over. did it. Woo! Just about. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? Uh, yeah. You need to work on that a little, man. It was it was hard to decipher a lot of what you were saying sometimes. Yeah. And there was a lot of just extraneous content. Like, if Pete wasn't here, I would have been asleep. <laughs> so, yeah, two constant asses instead of one. Take that, UK Master 47. Bang. Keeping me on my but, but toes. Do, but do keep listening. You know, we love your patronage and your kind comments on Twitter. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I that was a pretty good episode of Power Rangers, I'd say. I'll just skip to the rating, have we? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. no. I, I, I'm just saying that I thought it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed the action packed and the fighting. And yeah, what did you guys think of the episode? I think the, you could cut out the entire first half and just skip to the middle and be done with it. Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, the first half was kind of important to the storyline, mm-hmm. relating to the whole Green Candle s- stuff. I suppose it sets that up a little bit, but move move that to the 10 minute mark and cut out all the stuff with Zach and Tommy and Tommy pining over Kimberly and all that nonsense. No, we need the Tommy pining over Kimberly stuff. But I he... think that's an important character beat. You know, this is, let's face it, the last time we're going to see the character properly for a while. What? Yeah, I know. Sorry, Grax. Ah, spoilers. But, you know, that's been his arc in as much as he's had one. Has it? He's the one character who's had any kind of plot in the entire run. 
he's been pining over Kimberly. Remember, he made that model of a float for her. Yeah, and this is the actual time that he actually says to one of the other fr- friends, I really like Kimberly. I want her to ask her to dance. And then the thing is, Zach is supportive, saying, yeah, go for it. Zach is cool about it. And actually, I feel really sorry for Zach because An- Angela, as is wont to happen throughout oh, Power Angela. Rangers, treats him horribly. Does she, though? Yes, 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 she does. What are you talking about? I mean, Zach comes up and creeps up on her and, and thinks that he can impress her with a few shoe-shuffling moves here and there and everywhere. And then he thinks, bang, that's instantly it. Yeah, no, but no, he's no. so smooth. She just completely dismisses him. And he, and, if, and even if even if she had no romantic interest in Zach, which at this point is clear that she doesn't, she should mm-hmm. recognise that, he, that he's trying to support his friend and play along with it a little bit just to give Tommy a little bit of self-confidence. I don't know. It, it kind of looked like Zach was creeping. Well, hang on. Yeah, I think if she does have no romantic interest in him, which we've kind of not really established, although it does seem to be her only purpose to tell Zach to p*** off. <laughs> You know, I feel sorry for the actress, really. It's, it's the Lisa Turtle syndrome from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty much her main reason, raison d'etre, was to tell Screech that he was a dick. <laughs> um, I mean, that's more that they just want to crush Zach's spirit, isn't it? <laughs> and they do it well. But not as well as Bulk and Skull actually coming up to uh, uh, Tommy and Zach saying, ah, you guys are losers because you can't get dates. And I was thinking, yeah, that's probably one of the better insults they've actually done. Yeah, but that's coming from Bulk and Skull. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it even worse if you think about it. The only romantic overtures that they've sort of endeavoured upon is to sort of get very creepy with Kimberly and Trini over the last sort of 30 weeks. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's jealousy. Because Skull's got this massive crush on Kimberly, he's coming in and going, hang on, you're taking my bird. Mm. I've got to step in. I've got to step in and, and make sure that my prize doesn't escape me. That's what Skull's thinking. I mean, he could be right. I just don't think they're, they're really the sort of people to mock anyone for having not got a girlfriend. It did need a bit of better writing because Bulk's best line is, yeah, great moves. You're trying to get a date with a carnival geek. <laughs> What kind of line is that? That doesn't... Yeah, it's a little bit phoned in, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, th- that doesn't really hurt anybody at all. It doesn't hurt their self-esteem. It doesn't hurt carnival folks. It doesn't hurt geeks. It does absolutely nothing. I mean, it needed a better line. But the fact that they're mocking is really cool. I could have done with all the roses and red violets yeah. and blue stuff being hammered well, in. What, no, what no, no, that's good. I, that's a good Zach line. Zach and Tommy talking in, like, in unison at that point as well. Like They've had this pre-planned for ages. Just in case yeah. Bulk and Skull should ever mock them and their dating <laughs> abilities. Finally, Zach, this is our time to use that line we've been working on for three weeks. Zach gets a piece of paper out saying, Rose, the red, violets are blue, no girl in the world's going to want to go out with you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we knew you were going to say that. Yeah, and, and then there's like all the girls are surrounding the bullies and like, ah, let's mock the bullies because everyone knows that's a great icebreaker mocking other people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the green candle. Let's talk yeah. about oh. the green candle. Yeah. yeah. Finally, the mystery of the Zoo Ranger green candle that PDT's been talking about for the past year, it comes into the Power Rangers. Is that right? Yeah, but he- yeah. here's the thing, Grax. Yeah? They don't use any Japanese footage for this. No. There's no reason to have a green candle. It's such an arbitrary thing to have his powers taken away. Especially as all Rita says that she needs is his power coin. She doesn't say that she needs to the to burn the candle down. In fact, yeah. when Tommy and Kimberly fight Goldar in the park, 
they take the power coin away from him. So why go through the rest of this? Why not just destroy the power coin and have done with it? Or at least keep the power coin itself so that they can retain the power. Yeah, that's it. She wants the powers for herself, doesn't she? Well, this is, this is the other thing I was going to come up against. When they do capture both Tommy and Kimberly, Tommy's dropped her power coin, yet they just leave that behind with her. Mm. Why not take that? Why not take that morpher? Why not take Kimberly with them? They, they like they seem to just have their eyes completely set on Tommy. When she wants, she wants to defeat the Power Rangers. Yet in it, on the in the one chance that she's got to kidnap two of them and take their powers, she just takes the weakest of the six. That's a good point, actually. I thought Billy was the weakest of the nah, six. Nah, you've you've heard what I've been saying the last couple of episodes. Not not Tom, really. Tommy's Quinn, by not far really. the most pathetic of the six Power Rangers. Yeah, no, totally, really. No, I mean, I haven't heard. <laughs> I, I've not been listening. Uh, I've been at the peace conference, mate. Quinn does have a point. I mean, ever since Tommy has become a good guy, not a bad guy, his fighting prowess, his fighting abilities has steadily decreased over the episodes. And even though he does put up a f- valiant, fantastic fighting effort, I mean, this is some of the best fighting between uh, Kimberly and Tommy I've seen for a while. It's still not enough to avoid being captured, and which is a real shame. So maybe they just think that Kimberly is of absolute no threat. I think Quinn does have a point in the sense that in Tommy's first episode, he started it by fighting and drawing with Jason. In his in what's essentially his last episode for now, he starts it by fighting and losing to Zack. Like, how far has he fallen? Yeah. I mean, the only he needed to do was fight against Billy and lose, and that would be it. Game <laughs> over. I don't know where this green candle came from. I think they yeah. just wanted to use some of the ideas from the Zero Ranger episodes that sort of accompany or that, that, that draw the inspiration for this episode. But as you say, it's sort of, it is completely arbitrary, and they could have done without it. Well, I, don't I suppose know, but... it. I suppose it gives them a reason to lock to lock Tommy up in the pocket dimension again, or whatever it's called, the like Rita's evil dimension for half the episode again. I think my big point of contention is the whole he touched the wax thing. It's such a kind of why couldn't you at least sort of throw that in somewhere? I mean, I think that fandom has it may have come from higher up even has kind of accepted that the wax was what was basically the the ice that surrounded Barai. You know when, you, when you've got that shot of him waking up as yeah. a Green Ranger? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think people have decided that basically the gunk that was around him was wax. That makes sense. It kind of looked like wax. Or maybe yeah. that was just something I made up in my head as a kid and it, it works. Yeah. I mean, it does, it does beg the question, though. Why wait another ten episodes... Yeah. Mm. Why wait until the team actually gives a toss about Tommy? Yeah, they could have done it from the very beginning mm. and potentially eradicated the Sixth Ranger at the very start. I mean, she she introduces the Green Ranger. Once he becomes good, why not immediately try to regain control of him in some way if you've got the power to do so? That's it. They're still distrustful of him because he's only just become good. So there's not a cohesive team. They've not got Titanus at that point. No. Yeah. I mean, I've always wondered that. It's... Yeah, but then again, Rita is someone who apparently needs a magic spell to help her find the Green Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that bugged the hell out of me. It was like, okay, you've got a little map, you've got a little one thing, and you're, <laughs> you're doing some really bad rhyming. Not a map of Earth, it should be said. Oh, yeah. No, just a map of some 
random islands. <laughs> it's a risk board yeah. with a board game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. come on, Rita, he's at, the ju- he's at the juice bar. He's always at the yeah. juice bar. You spy on the Power Rangers all the time, Rita! Yeah. Yeah, even when the other rangers are fighting, he's usually at the juice bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, and her magic words is, like, terrible. It's a really bad poem. Whisper softly, let it out. Find the green ranger, point it out. What the... F- what does that You're even You're rhyming mean? out without. That's never good. Yeah. Speaking of a zoo ranger, now we're talking much more about it. Why don't we discuss what actually happens in zoo ranger? But the thing is, we got two. we got two experts here. Who wants to explain to me... What exactly is going on in Zoo Ranger? It's Quinn's job now, which means that I could only be asked to write down like five notes for the whole episode. So, <laughs> Okay, well, we need to start off by saying that this is built off of the back of three episodes of Zoo Ranger. The entire one episode of Power Rangers is built no, off the three? No, the, the, the Green Candle two-parter is three episodes of Zoo Ranger condensed down into, into these two episodes. Yeah. There's a lot in episode one of Zero, well, episode 40 of Zero Ranger, which is called Burai's Departure of Death, which is completely superfluous, so we can skip through this quite quickly. So this is episode 40 of Zero Ranger. It opens with Burai dreaming. A horse and cart is trundling along a darkened, cobbled street, and the coachman says to Burai that he's come to escort him. Burai, as you do, just gets into a stranger's cab without any sort of explanation as to where he may be going. Well, dreams uh, are like that. You just do weird stuff. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> it's a little odd. And it's and it's as they're riding along that the coachman explains that he's escorting Burai to the land of the dead. We've all had taxi drivers like that, though, haven't we? <laughs> there, yeah, there's a, I've, I mean, I've had a few. <laughs> so and it sort of pans around and it turns out I think the coachman's probably meant to be death because it is a, a sort of skeleton in a black hood I think so he was pretty bloody creepy yeah he was Burai then wakes up in the timeless room or lapless room whatever we want to call it that he's been locked away in for the last few episodes waiting to die essentially or try <laughs> escaping death I should say and it's at this point we find out that he's only got four hours left to live the next time he sort of leaves the room is probably going to be close to his last outing. Burai is coming to an end. Well, I mean, he could he could theoretically make that last a long time because most of his appearances outside the lapsus room only take a few minutes. But it's Clotho who comes along and tells the Zoo Rangers that that will be his last time. Yes, definitely. that is the next thing. Uh, Cloth- Do you say Clotho? I had it down as like Clotho or whatever. The- I say Clotho. It might well be pronounced the- Clotho. The sp- the spirit of life, I think, is the translation or the the other name given for her. Bloody creepy, either she's, way. She's yeah, extremely creepy. She's singing this song of Burai's death, which warns to Geki and the other Zoo Rangers that if Burai leaves the timeless room, that he will die, and that he also cannot return. Which sort of like stuns the the Zoo Rangers, as you can expect. They they they're trying to sort of figure out what it is they can do to help Burai because they obviously don't want him to die. Mm-hmm. So they go back to their little cave with Barzar and start hurriedly searching through all his research material, trying to find a solution. Whilst Geki just sits there in the corner of the room, letting everyone else do their little research project. And then we get a clip show! Wait, what? Uh, whereby the next <laughs> 10 minutes or so of the episode had given up to basically just sort of recapping Burai's storyline from the point that he's turned evil by Bandora. Well, you see, I want, to, I want to ask you about that. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Are you saying that the Zoo Rangers, the Japanese shows, they have a clip show? They have a clip show in oh, this oh, one. Oh, come on, that's rubbish. What a cop-out. 
I mean, I expect that from the Power Rangers. No, no, Grax, I'm going to pull you off on this. Oh, yeah? Because unlike Power Rangers, U-Ranger does like 50 episodes a year. You know, Power Rangers and U-Ranger are both under budget constraints. Mm -hmm. I would argue U-Ranger is a more expensive show because it's not using footage that's already been made for them. And they make more episodes a year. If anyone's got an excuse to do a clip show, it's U-Ranger. But don't do it in the first of a trilogy that's writing out one of your star characters. But Zoo-Ranger is kind of... I'm Super Sentai, to a greater or lesser extent, is often serialised anyway. So elements carry over. So you're kind of able to have half an episode as a clip show. Mm. You know, because it's all following on from like the previous 20 episodes. I mean, that, that's, I fi- that's, that's fair. I understand what you're saying. I just think this, I think this is the wrong place for it. I think it's entirely unnecessary. Mm, I disagree, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you why. I think because of what's going to happen to Barai, this is a perfect point to just kind of go, okay, how have we got to this point? Just remind everyone who might not have seen all of the last... Oh, sure. Sort of, mm. You know, it just adds, why they should care. It adds some gravitas, certainly, and it adds some hefty emotion to geki who's who sat there remembering this and you sort of see him before and after and you can see the weight of it sort of weighing down on on him there's just too much of it he's half of the mm. episode is devoted to it mm. and i think it's clearly an excuse to not have to write half of an episode uh, and to save some money yeah well that's exactly what which is exactly are, what it is. i mean you know and I would say it works in some respects, but I think it just goes on too long. So yeah, uh, you get these two rather lengthy clip bits. And then we come back and we get a little bit more storyline with Bandora celebrating that Burai's only got four hours to live. She's hatching a plan to kill not just Burai, but all of the Rangers, obviously. As you do. And she asks Finster's counterpart, which I'm going to absolutely murder trying to pronounce, um, Pleppy Pleppycorn? <laughs> is that it? Pleppy <laughs> um, pleppy corn. <laughs> something. Go on, you get you do it. What? How? You teach me your ways, PDT, of pronouncing these foreign monsters. I've always gone for pleprecorn because I think that's more. Cl- I think that's closer to what it is. I don't okay. think it's pleppy pleppy corn. <laughs> well, I like pleppy pleppy corn. <laughs> okay. Uh, and she asks pleppy pleppy corn to create the Dora mimic, which is the Cyclops monster. Which he does. He then goes to Earth as the Dragon Zord or Dragon Caesar, which we will, once we get back to it, we'll see in the first episode of Power Rangers. And then we start getting into the actual, the first footage that's drawn from Zero Ranger in the Power Rangers episode starts to sort of come in at this point with Goldar and some putties fighting the Rangers as the Dragon Caesar is battling... Uh, sorry, the, the Dora Mimic Dragon Caesar is sort of going around destroying the city. I feel like we need to put a timer on this as well. Sorry, I'm trying I'm trying to get to the very end. This is the very end of episode one. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we get this stuff. The Rangers kind of like, right, we need Burai. Where's Burai? And then Burai starts to dream of a small boy that is waiting also for the coachman to take him off. At this point, we don't know, but it will be to his death. So that is episode one. There's there's lots more in episode two that's covered in Power Rangers. I think we need to discuss the second half of Power Rangers first before we get into the episode 42 of Zero Ranger. But I know, what do you think of that, Grax? Um, it kind of... It's not exciting me. I'm just going to say it right now. I feel like there isn't much there to make me go, 
right, this is something I need to actually watch and invest. I mean, the, the clip show thing, it's quite a big turn off. The best is yet to come yeah, by a long definitely. way. Okay, yeah. That, it definitely sounds like between the two of you is saying that, the, that there is more stuff coming on the next episode, which I'll keep that in mind. But right now, Power Rangers is so much better than Zoo Ranger right now. I'm just saying that right now. This episode of Power Rangers is superior. And the monster was pretty good. I just wish there was more of it. And we only get to see about two, three minutes of the Cyclops, which looks like a, a kind of a Mr. Marshmallow Man with one eye. He's an excuse, isn't he, for the Zords to fight each other? Yeah. But there's quite a lot which was cut out from the Zoo Ranger episodes. Um, What, fight-wise? Fight scene-wise? Yeah. The, the, I, was, I was really just... But I, I was also going to say that over the three episodes of Zoo Ranger, there's, there's relatively little fight footage available for them to take and use at the very least there was a bit with two dragon swords in the megazord yeah true and we don't see that in the and i think that's a crime for two reasons i mean first of all it's two dragon swords which you do see a little bit in power rangers i thought oh this is quite exciting you do get it a little bit when tommy first escapes the dimension and you see i mean it's something we'll get to but in the zoo ranger that's the moment because they have a whole thing where it's playing on them thinking, oh, you know, this is the actual Dragon Caesar. And you have that in Power Rangers for about 30 seconds where the Rangers are going, oh, hang on. Yeah, we don't get that suspense. No, that annoyed me. That felt like a real cop-out. Yeah, that I agree there's, with that. there's a lot of drama to be got from the idea that maybe she's made Tommy evil again. Yeah, they could have yeah. ex- they could have created an entire new episode with that, saying, oh my God, Tommy's a bad guy. Let's have part two or three, talking about how Tommy's a bad guy again. Yeah. And then and then we could do something like um, the, the, the monster shrinks down to human form, mimics Tommy, and he's going around giving Tommy a bad name name and then that's when the big reveal is oh actually it's cyclops the clo- there's the the um shape-shifting monster that could have worked yeah yeah that would have been there's only better. so much they could have done there they would have had to use a lot of footage with tommy with the foam shield and no like the floppy yeah. one nobody wants and you to don't see want to that. see that as no no no. this is the thing we can, we can make about the human form we could, we could go with terms of uh the cyclops shapeshifts into tommy in human form then tommy goes around being an absolute meanie and then goes up to kimberly and says you know what i don't like you anymore nah. and then kimberly cries <laughs> which is what rita loves seeing to kimberly <laughs> tears and and then we could we could have stretched out for an entire episode and then there could have been a bit of teen drama there could have been so much more to this episode Oh! Instead, we get Goldar in a evil dimension with Tommy and constantly explaining what the candle does. Yeah, because he's Const- so proud of that explaining fact. Explaining to Tommy what the candle does, and then leaves him in really <laughs> CGI chains. I well, it's not even CGI; it's just someone scribbling no. on the on, on the real <laughs> film itself, the camera film. But then, here, here's another thing. All right, Tommy's all bound up, and he's like, "Oh no, I can't move my arms. My feet are fine." Goldar's left yeah. the room. My feet are fine. I'll just walk over and do something with the candle we'll just blow it out i mean granted there's a case of you have to keep the candle lit because if it extinguishes tommy loses all his powers but he can work with that well no because if that's the case no it's only if it's it... only if it burns out like if the candle actually yeah burns thank you out, oh because otherwise what what are they going to do if they in the next episode when we get to it like when they when they go to retrieve the candle what would they have done with it then? Just like try and let it burn forever, like the Olympic torch. That's a good point because that would mean well, why wouldn't Goldar just be meaning it? Because ah, do you want the candle? Do you want the candle? <laughs> ha, gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. 
but obviously Tommy didn't do anything here and he just waited for Goldar to return have a bit more of a fight Tommy grabs the sword and cunningly gets himself out of there by teleporting with the sword I don't know how he managed to figure that out do we truly believe that the way that Goldar teleports from one dimension to the other is just waving the sword in the air and stabbing it into the ground not for a second <laughs> no Tommy said it so it must be true oh okay well, fair enough fair enough Tommy's the brains of the group clearly he's oh, got more clearly, brains than yeah. Billy but what gets me about that is Tommy escapes and then you see Alpha scanning him for internal damage due to crossing <laughs> dimensions. When does that when ever happen? When did that become a thing? Yeah, I mean, they've, it's, not, it's not the first time they've they've been at this rodeo. No. Like, Jason's been in that dimension before, and they, they didn't worry about his internal organs when he returned. Yeah, but they don't like Jason more than they like Tommy. Yeah, it's Tommy. He's got the shield, so we care about him. <laughs> mm. I, think, I think they're sort of implicitly saying that Jason's built of stronger stuff and that Tommy's actually sort of quite fragile. Well, it has to be said that nobody seems terribly, like, bothered when Tommy gets kidnapped. No. You know, when they're in the command centre, Kimberly's freaking out. Oh, yeah, obviously. Everyone else is just like, oh, I think that's beca- I think Tommy? that's because Amy Jo Johnson's about the only actor that can that can express any emotion. <laughs> yeah, this, and this keeps coming up that Amy Jo Johnson is the best out of the lot, even better than, well... Tommy or any of them really yeah I mean it's no coincidence she's the only one who went on to have a significant career (laughs) (laughs) and a directing career and all that kind of stuff yeah I mean I've got nothing else to say let's rate this episode okay well as PDT's back shall we start with you yeah yeah all right then yeah I really like it um actually yeah I really like it I'm gonna go for five power coins out of six oh wow Mm -hmm. I don't need to explain myself (laughs) (laughs) In my case, I super enjoyed this episode. I I was watching this all the way through and I was having more and more fun as the episode went on. I I really enjoyed all the fighting. The scenes were long and fleshed out, well choreographed. Um, maybe Kimberly could have done a little bit less less cartwheeling to be more efficient, but that's fine. It's fun. And that <laughs> no, high kick. No, Kimberly, do as much cartwheeling and high kicking as you want. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah, she's got nice legs. Show them off. It's for the fans. And, Tommy and, I, and I, th- <laughs> I think it's unfair to say that it's not effective because for thirty-four episodes she's been cartwheeling and high kicking, and she's been sort of holding her own for quite a while. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, I'll take that back. You do all the cartwheelings you want. Tommy doing the high kicks was great. So that's more fighting. And then the fighting in the city with absolute destruction everywhere. That's great. Uh, I like the drama, the teen drama between Tommy's nervousness and Kimberly not being nervous it was all really cool the only things i didn't like was one goldar constantly explaining what the candle does and that seems to be all he does this episode besides taking a few kicks and i wanted to see the cyclops do more i know that they're pulling back on the cyclops because he's in the next episode of power rangers but i just wanted to see more of what he could do but with all this in mind i really enjoyed this episode i recommend it i would give this five out of six power coins oh wow yeah, yeah, I super enjoyed this, and I'm I'm really pumped to see what happens in the next episode. Bloody hell! All right, calm down, mate. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> I okay, I didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as you two did. Um, oh, I don't think it's t- a terrible episode by any stretch. Sack Quinn, but f- off. But I <laughs> I think they spend far too much time with Zach and Tommy at the beginning setting up the Tommy Kim storyline later on I think they spend I'm not entirely sure I like the green candle concept I get that they've used it as in, like taking the inspiration from Zero Ranger but they've done it in such a different way that I don't think it works well enough okay and I think they spend a, 
as much as there's some really sort of cool action in there, they spend a, a far too much time messing around. And I, I think I know why that is, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to go really low, but I think I'm going to just have to say four out of six because uh, I think they could have done things a little bit better. Okay, that sounds good. So it doesn't sound like you're completely dissatisfied with the episode, but you you, you recognise there could have been a lot. I better. think, yeah, I think there was room for improvement. I think that's fair. Cool. Right, everybody out there, what do you think? Do you, you agree with Quinn's 4 out of 6, or do you agree with PDT and my score of 5 out of 6? Do let us know. We'd love to hear from you and your opinion. So you can tell us on Twitter, which is twitter.com forward slash rangerpod. You can tell us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash rangerpod. And you can email us, therangerpod at gmail.com. PDT, glad to see you back. So are you going to be sticking around for the next part of uh, the Green Candle episode? Yeah, I feel like I was here when this joined the team. I've got to see him go down. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, join us next time, next week, where we find out the conclusion of the green candle. Spoilers, Tommy loses his powers. What? And kisses Kimberly. What? And then he's never mentioned again. What? <laughs>